You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. darkest hour yet to come of human history, when there's war in heaven, and there's war on earth, and Antichrist is GD in this, and JC in that, and cursing, and and people are putting their hope in Christ, and giving their lives to Christ, and they're going, when will this end, and why in the world has God allowed this, And, and but at the last moment, just at the darkest hour, Jesus, the Bible tells us Jesus breaks through the clouds. In today's message, Pastor Danny will remind you of the glorious return of Christ. The book of Daniel speaks of a seven-year period, often referred to as the Tribulation. This seven-year tribulation is a time when the Antichrist will be on the earth, imbued with satanic power over humanity. He'll cause pain, suffering, and he'll blaspheme the name of God. But at the end of those seven years, Christ will return. He'll come back for his people, defeat the Antichrist, and place himself on the throne of the earth. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Final Days Before Christ's Return. the last thing he says here. Verse 22, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those that will be saved during this awful day, for the sake of the elect, those days are shortened. We're really only talking about three and a half years when it's the darkest Time in the world, it's the darkest the world has ever seen it. It's hard to imagine. Revelation tells us that during these days, 50% of the population perishes. Now, if you've been paying attention on our study of Daniel, you know that things that are happening on earth relate to things that are happening in heaven and vice versa. Things that are happening in heaven relate to things that are happening on earth. I find it fascinating when you read the gospel accounts of the resurrection and when Jesus resurrected from the dead, it says an angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away. He didn't roll the stone away so much to let Jesus out as to let us in. But what's fascinating about the statement that the gospel writers give us is that when the angel comes from heaven to roll the stone away, here's what it says. There was a great earthquake. Just from this angel. Makes you think of watching one of the Avenger movies and you see Thor or somebody, you know, or one of these other creatures, you know, and they're coming from outer space and all of a sudden you hear this rumble. 
And I'll never forget a few years ago, I realized when there's increased angelic activity, it affects things on the earth. I can see the fascination on your faces, just like me. I'm fascinated. And what's happening on earth, there are things also happening in heaven. Revelation 12 and 13, which I don't have time to go and turn, except I will, uh, just for a moment, Revelation chapter 12 and 13 is absolutely fascinating. Chapter 13, I just read from, where the Antichrist is on earth, and the last three and a half years is when his true colors really come to light, and he's blaspheming God, and he's doing all this amazing, terrible stuff. But if you back up, Chapter 12 shows us what's going on in heaven. Verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Well, there's war on earth. Well, there's war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. That's Satan. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And he was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil. Now, I don't have time to read the whole passage but it talks about those who will be saved during this day, and it says they overcame him by the word of their testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. Wow. Victory through Jesus. And then it says in verse 13, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman, that's Israel, who had given birth to the male child, that's Christ. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert. God prepares a place for the remnant. Verse 17, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And then when you get chapter 13, you find here's what's happening on earth. But what's happening on earth corresponds to what's happening in heaven, and what's happening in heaven corresponds to what's happening on earth. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating. My wife threw me one a couple days ago. I mean, three days ago. Here it is. We're approaching Christmas Eve. I'm thinking Christmas spirit. You know what she says to me? You won't believe it, but I'm going to tell you. Here's what she says. Would you be willing to watch Lord of the Rings? And because I love my life, and to love my life, I have to love my wife. I said, if you want to watch Lord of the Rings, yes. And so we watched the first one. That's her favorite one. Now, if you've never watched Lord of the Rings, I can't help you here with the illustration. You'd had to have seen it to get the illustration. But just when it's the darkest and the orcs and all the evil and Sauron and and you think everything is lost and all of a sudden Gandalf the Grey. Shows up. Folks, all of the movies, all the plays, all the evil. And even when I was a little kid and watching The Lone Ranger and Tonto, and they get in some desperate situations, and you think, oh no, Lone Ranger, he's gonna, he's gonna be killed. And the next thing you know, Tonto shows up, or vice versa, Tonto's in trouble, and all of a sudden the Lone Ranger shows up. And the guys with the white hats always end up winning. And at the darkest hour yet to come of human history, when there's war in heaven and there's war on earth, 
and Antichrist is GD in this and JC in that and cursing, and, and people are putting their hope in Christ and giving their lives to Christ, and they're going, when will this end, and why in the world has God allowed this? And, and, but at the last moment, just at the darkest hour, Jesus. The Bible tells us Jesus breaks through the clouds. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There'll be a time of distress. But then everyone whose name is found written in the book, it's the Lamb's book of life, will be delivered. Sudden victory at the darkest hour. There are other details, and I don't have time to get into it. But Daniel has just given this one verse of resurrection. And some will be resurrected to everlasting life, and some will be resurrected to everlasting contempt. But again, we have greater writings now, further writings. We have more revelation. We understand the picture better. And I'll just give it to you quickly. When Jesus comes at the darkest hour in human history, the first resurrection will take place. And Revelation chapter 20 tells us that all those who have died in faith, all those who have died in faith, Old Testament or even before the Old Testament was written, all who died looking forward to the Messiah, prophesied coming through Abraham. It's prophesied right there in Genesis chapter 3. Seed of the woman will come. He'll crush the head of the serpent. That's the gospel. That's Jesus. And if you died in faith looking forward to the coming Messiah, then you are saved and your body will be resurrected. And it says we're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Isaiah, we love Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's the millennial kingdom going into eternity. But have you ever read the context of Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, this Christmas verse? All you got to do is back up one verse from verse 6, and here's what it says in verse 5. Every warrior's boot will be used, used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. That's the second coming. That's when Revelation tells us when this Antichrist is at the height of his power and everything looks like everything's doomed, and all of a sudden Jesus breaks through the clouds. He slays the Antichrist. He lays waste the army. And the Bible tells us in Ezekiel, for seven months, people will be hired in the land of Israel to bury the dead that have been slain when Jesus shows up. Seven months, they're going to be burying Wicked people who followed Antichrist. And they're dead and they're gone. And the first resurrection, we rule over a world where the survivors of the Great Tribulation will be marrying and giving in marriage. And that's a whole other story. We're not going to get into all that in detail. I just want you to know there's a first resurrection when Jesus comes back again. And all those who have put their faith in the Savior will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And it's going to get better and better and better and better. And he's going to clean things up. And then there's going to be a second resurrection after the thousand years. And Revelation tells us that... There's a second resurrection, and everyone, everyone, everyone else who has ever lived and died 
will stand before what's called the great white throne judgment. And because their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, they are cast for all eternity into the lake of fire. Now, Daniel just gives us this one statement. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to everlasting contempt. But we know first resurrection, thousand-year reign, second resurrection, lake of fire. Now, I do have a question. Because dark days are ahead. We've seen that again and again in the book of Daniel. And God wants us to know. Dark days are ahead. And the closer we are to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the darker things will get. So here's my question. Why does God allow such evil to come upon the world? I think that's a valid question. I think that's an important question to ask. Because Antichrist is going to be given power to conquer those who have given their lives to Christ during this awful coming day. Why would God allow that? What's going to happen is the natural result of man's rejection of God. Romans chapter 1 tells us that the wrath of God is being revealed. Interesting. Is being revealed against godlessness and wickedness and those who suppress the truth, the truth by their wickedness. Fascinating text, Romans chapter 1. If you read the rest of it, you know what it says? That because they would not submit to God, because they rejected God and his rule over them, and they went and lived their lives the way they wanted to live, here's what God did in time. You read it, Romans chapter 1. He gave them over. Don't lose me here. He gave them over. And here's how the wrath was seen as he gives them over to live the way they want to live and do what they want to do. They became filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful, they invent ways of doing evil. Families all messed up. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Did you catch that? Then when you don't want God in your life and you want to go your own way and do your own thing, part of the way the wrath of God is shown to be revealed is that you end up like that. The family torn apart, the, the morality of the family gone. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an awful, awful picture. Go with me back to 2 Thessalonians one more time. 2 Thessalonians and check out what God has to say here after the section we read about Antichrist the man of lawlessness. The man of lawlessness. What does that mean? It means he's doing his own thing. It means he's not submitted to God. As a matter of fact, he's GD this and JC that, and he's going his own way, and he does as he 
pleases. Whoa, whoa. And God lets him. Verse 6, and now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. Catch this revelation. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. Stop there and think about that. What's he talking about? The secret power of lawlessness is already at work. John will tell us in one of his little epistles that there are many antichrists already in the world. They want to get rid of the Ten Commandments. They want to kick God out of the schools. They want you to be able to live life the way you want to live it without the morality of God hanging over you. The secret power of lawlessness is talking about God's law. That's what he's talking about. Is already at work in the world. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way. Now, when I was an early young Christian, I was taught that this refers to the rapture of the church. And at the rapture of the church, the rapture of the church begins the seven-year tribulation period, and because the church is gone, the Holy Spirit is gone, and he's the one restraining evil in the world. While I still believe in the rapture of the church, and I believe the rapture of the church, we won't experience the great tribulation. That's my theology. I hope I'm right. <laughs> but it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not in the world. The one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way, not out of the world, out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Read on. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish, why? Because they refused to love the truth. And so be saved. They want to do their thing. They want to go their way. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. The short of it is this. The king will do as he pleases because God's saying, okay, that's what you want. You want evil? Here it is. And he pulls back his restraining work of his Holy Spirit. And while people will be saved during the tribulation, God's going to let the world go to hell in a handbasket. And what you get, what you get when you don't want God in your life, what you want is to be free of that, then what you'll get is unrestrained evil. It's the natural result of man's rejection of God. Now, God uses the evil to purge people and lead them to Christ. Daniel tells us that those who instruct people, those who are wise, they'll be like the stars and shine like the stars. They're going to lead people to Christ during this awful day. Zechariah tells us that one of the things God does in these evil days yet to come is purge the nation of Israel. Unfortunately, two-thirds will perish in the great tribulation. One-third, the remnant, will come to Christ all in one day. That's what the Bible prophesies. Let me pull it all together. 
I want you to say this with me because this is one of the things we learned from it. Are you ready? Here we go. When everything on earth seems to be going to hell in a handbasket, God is still on the throne. That doesn't mean it's easy for those who put their faith in Christ. That doesn't mean you don't long for a new day. But in your darkest hour, God's still on the throne. When it seems like Satan has won, God is still on the throne. When the orcs are just pelting you left and right, Gandalf's on his way. When everything on earth seems to be going to hell in a handbasket, God's still on the throne. Rebels against God will suffer everlasting loss in the end. But those who remain faithful to God will experience everlasting victory. I only know one way to end the text and the teaching. Would you say it with me? Here we go. You don't want to be on the losing team. Eternity is a long time. There's only two choices. You're going to live forever with Christ, or you're going to live forever damned, doomed, apart from God. What an awful eternity. Jesus said hell was created not for you, not for me. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. What more can God do to see you saved than he's already done? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. What more could he give? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hell was created for the devil and his angels, and only the fool, and there's a lot of them, there's a lot of them, only the fool would reject the gift that God offers, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. The gift of one day living in a world where there's no more death, mourning, crying, or pain. The gift of getting a new body. The gift of being redeemed. And one day God making everything right. One day God restoring things and making things like you originally planned. It started off as paradise. Guess what? It's going to be paradise again. And every pain and every loss you've experienced in this life and everything that Satan has sometimes mysteriously been allowed to, to rob and kill and destroy in your life, around you, in your family. One day, all that will be made right. One day, all the pains of this life and all the sorrows of this life and all of the darkness will be gone and everything will be light. Everything will be good. What a day that's going to be.
Thanks for joining us today on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. Daniel found himself in a place of being the odd man out when he was in exile in Babylon, a pagan land. But Daniel didn't let the ways of those around him change who he was and what he believed in. He still held strong to his faith in the Lord. Have you ever found yourself being the odd one out for what and who you believe in? Learn from Daniel. Don't let others get between you and God. People come and go, but God remains faithful. If you'd like to hear this teaching from the book of Daniel again or hear more from Pastor Danny, visit our website at ccfstpete.church. Just look under the resources tab and click on teachings. You can also connect with us through social media. Look for links to Facebook, Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you'll be notified as soon as we upload new videos. We would also like to invite you to join our Bible reading plan. Also under the resources tab at ccfstpete.church. If you're looking for a church, we'd be happy to meet you at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. All the information you need is at ccfstpete.church, along with links to join us through the live stream. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of The Living Word.